Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi Singer. Uh, it is not just 27 years, but there's such a deep bond of love and respect and spirit that I feel with you and with Jonathan and with this amazing, oh my gosh, the leadership of this congregation. We could probably create 100 congregations just from the talent and the spiritual dynamism of this team. It's truly extraordinary. You're a little taller than Rabbi Beth. It's a stature, not height, but uh, thank you. So it turns out this week's Torah portion, Told Dot, is literally about the generations of the Jewish people. And sometimes when we think about the generations, we think about sort of the things that are solid and that stay the same and that we have that sense of continuity. But then with Told Dot, here we show up. We're the reform movement. We're all about change and growth and innovation and experiment and adaptation. And not just around the globe and around the neighborhood, but inside. The kind of change that makes us whole. The kind of change that makes us God's partners in shaping ourselves and the world as it ought to be. Parsha has got so much, but I got one word. Hunger. Vayihi ra'av ba'aretz. We have in the opening of chapter 26 of Genesis, it says there's a famine in the land. The people are hungry. Of course, the hunger can be the hunger for food. And we live in a community when we see every day people who are, are hungry for food. But we're hungry for many things more than food and the basic necessities. We're hungry for connection. We're hungry for safety. We're hungry for justice, we're hungry for equality, we're hungry for love and for goodness and kindness. And these are the things I want to just frame the hungers that we seek nourishment. We seek nourishment here in this great congregation and we seek nourishment throughout all the holy places within our tradition. So one of the holy hungers is the hunger for inclusion. So. It was a couple of months ago. Are people in San Francisco ever in a hurry? Is that like a New York thing? Is that like, a, yeah, okay. So it was a few months ago, and I was in a hurry to get downtown from Midtown Manhattan. And the subways weren't moving. The buses weren't moving. The cars weren't moving. The bikes weren't moving. And even the pedestrians on the sidewalk weren't moving. It was just gridlock everywhere. So I'm out walking downtown. And I look to my right, there's a Latina woman. I look to my left, there's an African-American man. I don't know them, but they're in a hurry too. New Yorkers, God bless us. And I'm looking at my watch, and I'm looking at the crowd. I'm looking at the, the, the slow moving, and I'm thinking, this is not going to go well. So I pick up the pace, I start to jog. And my friends, I don't know, but they're in a hurry, and they start jogging too. That's a good idea. Good, good. And all of a sudden, I see them blocking the road. Oh, why? Why now? The Chabad mitzvah tank is literally right across Broadway. I thought, you know what, I'm going to just sneak down a side street. I, 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 can't, I can't really be that late. And I said, you know, you're a Jewish leader. Don't do that. So I just I went right ahead. The Chabad rabbi looked at the three of us, and he picked me out. And he said, excuse me, are you Jewish? I said, yes, I am. Are you the man went into some kind of Marcel Marceau pantomime 
He, he couldn't answer with words. He just started to point. Pointed at his hat. He pointed at his beard. He pointed at his seats. He pointed at everything. And I said, you know, appearances are not always reality. And I kept walking. I know this to be true. He's still standing there. And why do I tell you this story? I don't tell you this story because I have anything less than love for Chabad, Rabbi Yehuda Krinsky, who leads Chabad, I count as a friend and as a teacher. I tell you that story because too many, not just in the wider traditional world, too many within even our own movement, we have too narrow an idea of who is Jewish. Nobody looks Jewish. How, how did that rabbi, the three of us walking, in the 21st century, I could easily have been the one person who was not Jewish. There's simply no way to look and guess. No name is Jewish. No face is Jewish. Jewishness is our commitment. Jewishness is the way we choose to live our lives. We've got an unbelievable opportunity to grow this movement. Pew says we're 1.9 million Reformed Jews in North America. But I think we could be a lot bigger just by getting our concept wider. So think about all those interfaith families that Rabbi Singer mentioned that still aren't quite sure that we really mean come in. We don't just want to welcome you. We need you. We need your insights. We need your ideas. We also need your agitation. Think of Jews of color. Do you know that between 10 and 20% of Jews on the planet are Jews of color? And can I just ask us to look every time we're in a space, whether it's synagogue or in some other setting, we look around and say, how are we doing? How are we doing? Do we have 10 to 20% of our Jewish community reflecting the diversity that we are? And the LGBTQ community, it's not like being nice. This is who we are. This is at our core. We are hungry for inclusion. We are hungry for new voices, new ideas, new possibilities. We're also hungry for connection. So we got these two twin boys in the Parsha, right? What, 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 I always forget their names. What are their names again? The two twins. If you're having a bar mitzvah tomorrow, you got to like really, I'm not going to call on you, but if you, so, someone, give me, someone give me the two twins from tomorrow's Parsha. Jacob and Esau. Now, if you just think, they're the two typologies. They're twins, but they couldn't be more different. One of them loves Hebrew school. One of them not so much. Esau is ready to trade Hebrew school for just a bowl of lentil soup. And, and he just doesn't, he's not hungry for this thing that we do. It, it hasn't spoken to him. And he sort of steps out of the Jewish story. And we're at a moment now where too many are stepping out. Whether it's after Hebrew school, those who aren't lucky enough to come to Congregation Emmanuel to learn may not have had the deep learning, may not have had the opportunity to really find the core of what our Jewish tradition is all about. But this is a moment to reconnect that next generation and to make sure they're not just people that we worry about, but people, frankly, that take the leadership and lead us forward. Dig deeper and find that nourishment that is at the heart of our tradition. It's the heart of what it means to be a person of faith in this 21st century. We're hungry for safety. What a week. What a week. Thousand Oaks, Borderline, Grill and Cafe, Tree of Life, just keep going, Parkland, the Mother Manual, and just wherever we look, we're just seeing people who are slaughtered in houses of worship and just gathering with friends. There's something wrong. 
And part of the change we need to affect is a change in how the world is. Right after Parkland's shooting, a group of teens from Parkland High, leaders of our reform youth movement called NIFTY, got on a bus, actually three buses, and went up to Tallahassee, Florida. And when they were in the bus, we gave them a little bit of a primer about, remember, when you show up in an elected official's office, remember, got to make your case strong. So they're sitting in the offices of some of the elected officials, and there's one particular encounter. Zoe Turner, who is the nifty social action vice president, sits down with one of those officials who says in a very patronizing way, I feel bad for you kids. You've had a hard, hard time. But you know what? You should go back to Parkland and take care of one another and uh, do your homework and leave leading the state and the government to us. Zoe Turner, 17 years old, says, excuse me, we have a tradition. Lo alecha hamlacha ligmor, you're not obligated to finish the task, but you are not free to walk away. And we are here to hold you accountable. And you have not been doing the work that we elected you to do. So we're here to say we're watching and we're going to keep watching and pushing until we change the laws to reflect the holiness that we know. Are those young people, are they up to the task? Oh my goodness, are they up to the task? Hungry for safety, hungry for justice. Hungry for a world of solidarity, a world where we can experience community. Solidarity Shabbat, how many people were here last Shabbat? How many people were in all of our sanctuaries throughout this movement, almost 900 congregations? They were filled to overflowing, and we feel a sense of vulnerability after the Tree of Life shooting just two weeks ago on Shabbat morning. And we're focusing on security, we have to. And I came in, as you came in, and beautiful, loving security to make sure we're safe coming in. But friends, we can't do this security that we need for this next iteration of life. We can't do it with guards alone. We can't do it with cameras alone. And we can't do it with locks alone. A couple of months back, I was in Fayetteville, Georgia. Anybody from Fayetteville, Georgia? I was at Congregation B'nai Israel, and I was with the lay leaders. They pulled up in front of the synagogue. I said, Rabbi, we want to show you something we're really proud of. So I said, I'd love to see it. What, what, what is it? Said, well, you'll, you'll see. So we pull up in front of the synagogue, right in front of a sign. It says, Congregation B'nai Israel. And they said, what do you think, Rabbi? What do you think? And I'm thinking, I don't get it. I said, help me. What, what am I looking at? They said, the sign, Rabbi. Look at the sign. I said, it's a beautiful sign. The font's nice. The light looks beautiful. I, 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 help me out, though. I still don't get it. I said, Rabbi, this is clan country. We didn't put a sign in front of our congregation for decades, but we built relationships with everyone in this community, with the Muslims, with the Christians, with the people without faith. Our security is because we are an interconnected community. So we put our sign out, and we are not afraid. We are not vulnerable. And the clan is still here, but we are together, friends. That is the security that we have to build. And that security is not yet. We heard the beautiful beautiful song to remind us that today, this day, is the 80th anniversary of Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass, when in Germany in 1938, all hell broke loose and the synagogues were attacked and hundreds of businesses, almost 100 people were murdered 
It was sponsored by the government and nobody stood with us. Today, I don't think we are in the 1930s. There's so many things that are different. Am I worried? Yes, I'm worried. Are you worried? Yes, you are. Is anti-Semitism real? Is bigotry real? Is racism? Is white nationalism? They're all real and they are frightening and we will be serious and we will be strong. And yet, we never saw the kind of connectedness. And you built it here at Emmanuel. You have that connectedness with all of the communities around. That gives us not ultimate safety, but it gives us a recipe for how to build the world as it ought to be. We have a hunger for justice. Did anybody know we had a little election this week? Was everybody, uh, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but our movement said, you know what? We got almost 2 million people. We want everybody to vote. We had over 100,000 of our leaders in 43 states with 8,000 volunteers getting the vote out. And then we raised our collective voices to work on some ballot initiatives. You'd had a pretty good one here in, uh, in California, Prop 1, right? $4 billion for affordable housing. That's a, that's a holy commitment. Our movement, we can help move that. That's not partisan, that's Torah. In Florida, maybe you didn't know this, but we as a movement fought hard for um, a proposition that brings 1.4 million voters back onto the rolls. These were previously incarcerated uh, individuals and their vote had been taken from them. It will be returned. And that state has been key in everything. Washington state, they were way out ahead of the rest of the country with a gun violence prevention agenda on their ballot initiatives. We got to raise our voices to shape the world and the society and the laws and the values and the Torah teachings that will give us who we are. We are a force for good. And did you know on Wednesday was a big day in Israel? Did you know that? Let me just share the good news. Five new Israeli reform rabbis were ordained this past Wednesday. They joined the over 100 Israeli trained reform rabbis who are reshaping the state of Israel, not just the Jewish community, not just the reform movement, they're reshaping Israel. And we also had a survey from JPPI, great and very venerable organization in Israel. They said that the reform movement is now 8% of the Jewish population of Israel. That's a hefty number. The conservative movement is 5%. Total, it's 13%. That's around 800,000 reform and conservative Jews in Israel who are living and leading a Judaism that's like ours. It's vibrant. It's inclusive. It's dynamic. It's egalitarian. It's forward-thinking. And it is reshaping the state of Israel. On Wednesday as well, for the first time, a group of Knesset members called a meeting with the Reform and Conservative movements and said, after Pittsburgh, it's time for the Reform and Conservative movements to be fully recognized by the state of Israel. He giazman, the time has come. And they weren't just from the progressive parties, they were also from the Likud and the governing coalition. There's a movement afoot that it is time to change the country to reflect the values of inclusion for the whole Jewish people. We're about change, remember? Change from within, change around us. Last story. Shimon Peres died a couple of years ago, right before Rosh Hashanah. Did you know his daughter, Svia Walden, is one of the great leaders of the reform movement in Israel? And um, when she heard that I was coming to represent the reform movement at the funeral, her husband called me up and said, Rick, we don't want you to be disrespected as sometimes reform leaders are, so you'll sit with us in the first row. I said, I said, Rafi, 
it's beyond sweet. I, I wouldn't feel right. I'll, I'll sit wherever they put me. So I get there, and I'm wearing a special lanyard. I'm with all the other rabbis and Jewish leaders. My lanyard is a different color. Every time we got to a security little thing, they said to me, you come, you stay. I just kept going forward, forward. I get to my seat. I'm sitting next to the chief Sephardic rabbi. Um, I know he's not going to be too happy, who's sitting next to the rabbi of the Western Wall. And the reason I don't know them is because they won't meet with us and they won't talk to us, but it's before Rosh Hashanah. So I just put out my hand and say, what do you say before Rosh Hashanah? I say, Shana Tovah. Shana Tovah is all this warmth. And shake the hand of the rabbi of the wall. He's like, Shana Tovah, that's great. And then he whispers to the guy next to him, who is that guy? Who is that guy sitting with us? I mean, we're like the important rabbis. And who is he? He says, oh, that's Rabbi Rick Jacobs. He leads the reform movement. And a rabbi pulled his hand out of mine so quickly. It was just like, and um, I tell you that story because something transformational changed at that funeral. As we were laying Shimon Peres to rest, Sviavald and his daughter, who's a professor, brilliant, strong, courageous leader, and her two brothers are there, and it's time to say Kaddish. They're uncomfortable. They don't know. They're not, they're not ready. She steps to the microphone, and she starts to lead the Kaddish in front of the chief rabbis, in front of the whole country, in front of the whole world. She gets to the last line of the Kaddish, and the traditional words are, Ose shalom bim ramav, hu shalom aleinu, she adds the words that the reform movement in Israel adds. She adds, And upon all those who dwell on earth. Well, at that moment, I looked at the chief rabbis. There was smoke. There was smoke coming out of their ears. They could not believe what audacity. How could this woman, in a perfect Israeli accent, add to that. And I look over at the secular leaders who are all watching and thinking, huh, I didn't know you could. That's pretty exciting that you could change something as fundamental to make it more inclusive. Friends, we are about change. We're about growth. We're about being God's partners to shape the world as it ought to be. And that happens here in San Francisco. It happens in the state of California. It happens in North America. It happens around the world. And it happens, yes, in the state of Israel. And people are hungry. I know it's before dinner, so you are hungry as well. But the hunger we have needs to be nourished. And you are nourishing that hunger here. Our movement is nourishing people who are hungry for justice, hungry for safety, hungry for depth, hungry for meaning, hungry for purpose, hungry for holiness. Those are the things that make us not just large, but strong and spiritually alive and spiritually powerful. Congregation Emmanuel, you are a beacon of light. What you do echoes and reverberates and shines forth from this place. We are so inspired by who you are. You're part not only of this movement, you help to lead this movement, and we've got holy work to do. So you get the whole Shabbat to regenerate. But tomorrow night on Sunday, let's get back to work. We've got hungry people who need to be nourished. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>